Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. Hey friends, I had a little glitch in my podcast release today. Um, No worries, all glitches are recoverable from. (laughs) And so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to recover and I'm going to share some thoughts with you today about stuff coming up in my life recently and how I think they relate to things going on in your life and things going on in my clients' lives. Um, so I'm going to take this opportunity to hopefully get some words out that make sense to you. So that's two weeks in a row of my voice on the podcast. But I promise next week um, I have some great episodes recorded and ready to head out to you um, with some amazing guests. So today... I'm going to talk. Last week I shared a workshop that I had recorded. Today I'm just, I took some notes here and I'm going to share as best I can some of the thoughts that have been on my mind lately. So I have fear. Imagine that. (laughs) I'm human just like everybody else and I have a lot of fears. Um, But I have some big fears that come up fairly frequently. Um, And I'm going to tell you what they are, and you're going to probably recognize how some of them are related to fears I had during my abortion experience, and many of you are having surrounding your abortion experience. So one of those fears is the fear of messing up. Huge fear of messing up. Like I'm in awe of people who don't have this fear. I am not one of them. I have a lot of fears about messing up. I have some really big fears about changing my mind. I've been coached on this a lot. <laughs> and I will probably be coached on this a lot more. Um, maybe not. Maybe one day this fear will disappear. But for now, I'm just going to keep working through it. And it's this fear of... What if I say something, do something, share something, and then dun, 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 I change my mind about it? That sounds so tragic, doesn't it? No, not at all. But it's super scary. Um, I'm always learning and growing and experiencing new things. And so sometimes I have this fear that I will change my mind And someone will share something from my old beliefs and they won't really apply to my new beliefs. And then what would I do? So tragic. It sounds ridiculous to talk about, but I have this fear of putting things out and then changing my mind. Clearly, it's not that big a fear because I've put out 86 episodes of a podcast and a ton of content and I'm about to publish a book. So it's not a huge fear, but it is ever present which makes it kind of big. I also, this is similar, but I have a fear of saying something I regret. What if I say something and then I realize 
that I didn't mean it or that it came out the wrong way or I just flat out said it wrong? <laughs> like, what if I say or do something that I regret? So scary. We're going to talk more about that because it's not actually scary, but in the fear of it, it can feel that way. What if I say or do something I regret? Another fear is not being understood. What if people don't understand me? What if, um, what if I can't, well, actually this is related to my next fear. So I'll put these two together. What if I'm not able to explain myself? What if I can't find the word so that someone understands what's happening in my brain, right? And then I'm misunderstood. Oh, sounds, again, <laughs> as I say them out loud, they're kind of funny. But in my head, they sound like tragic, terrible events that I would never recover from. So quick recap. These are five big fears for me. Fear of messing up. Fear of changing my mind. Fear of saying something I regret fear of not being understood, and fear of not being able to explain myself. As you can imagine, I am on the chopping block for encountering all of these fears in the way that I choose to show up here and the way that I do my work as a post-abortion life coach, right? Like, I'm kind of just like diving headfirst into these fears and that doesn't mean they go away. It's not like, you know, those people who are afraid of speaking on stage. Mm, yeah, that's actually a fear of mine too. But many of them will tell you that fear never went away. They just keep doing it, right? It's like I get sweaty and I want to puke and I can barely see straight every time I go on stage and I keep doing it anyway. So I have very much kind of put myself right in the middle of all my fears in the work that I choose to do in the world. And in the last couple of weeks in particular, like all of these things have happened. Every single one of these fears has happened. Some two instances in particular that have really, really done a number on me, um, and it sucks, but it's also a learning opportunity. Hmm. Very much what I said about my abortion. It sucked. It was hard. Um, it was like a mess. It was all the feelings. And it was a learning opportunity. Um, it sucked. And here we go. Just keep going. So... <laughs> Um, a lot of parallels in my current fears and in how they showed up in my abortion experience, which I feel really so very healed from. So we can very much heal from our experiences and still have all the same fears um, and still have to feel all the same feelings. In the last couple of weeks, I, I said that there were two instances that really struck me as like, oh, knife to the heart, but here we go. We're in it. We're just going to show up to it. But here's what I wanted to do, right? Like my brain says a bunch of things. It says run away. <laughs> danger, danger, run away. It says hide. Make sure you find cover where no one can see you. Um, if no one can see you, then they can't hurt you. More reason to hide. 
also like these two instances, I'm like, what if people find out? What if word gets out and people know what I've done? That would be terrible. <laughs> like familiar anyone? Um, so my brain is like, what if people find out? You're a failure. It's another one all over my plate these days. You're a failure. It's never going to get better. Just, it's just never going to get better. My brain likes to tell me. Uh, it also likes to tell me like, you can't recover from this. This is worse. This is different. This is proof that you are hopeless and you should just do all the things I already said. Run away, hide, accept that you're a failure and just not be seen ever again. <laughs> Another one is like, um, this is a sign. I'm very, I'm dangerously um, aware of signs. <laughs> so um, when I say signs, I mean like, this is something I'm supposed to dissect meaning from and um, understand. And this is a sign that I should stop everything and give up, right? Um, in my in the case of my abortion, like I was all up and down and all over the place about how it was a sign. And I was supposed to know what the sign was and understand it and make the right decision based on that. I have a favorite teacher. I've probably mentioned her on the podcast before. And she's like, Amanda, not everything is a sign. <laughs> but in the thick of it, my brain likes to tell me that this is a sign and there's something wrong with you if you don't understand what this sign is trying to tell you. So just in regards to these two things that have happened in the last couple of weeks, like those are all examples of some of the ways my brain is firing thoughts. Now, because my brain is firing all these thoughts, I'm feeling things. I'm feeling shame. I'm feeling guilt. I'm feeling regret. I'm feeling disappointment. I'm feeling defeat. All the thoughts my brain is telling me are creating these feelings. And again, familiar, anyone, anyone. I did not have another abortion. I only had my one abortion four years ago, but I'm now having all the same thoughts and feelings. Completely healed from my abortion, all the same thoughts and feelings because I'm human and you're human too. And some of you right now are telling yourselves that this is different and that you're not going to recover and that if you'd done something a different way, you wouldn't be feeling all these things. And I am going to be the bearer of bad news and say, you know, what you're feeling is not all related to your abortion. It's related to your humanness. And sometimes we just have to face these shitty feelings in our life. Um, but even though I know that my brain is an asshole, I know that I am not, right? Like, I know that I'm a, a good person. Like, I'm really a pretty amazing person with a big, gigantic heart. And sometimes my heart breaks a little, right? Like, sometimes I do things or say things or um, experience things that hurt. And it feels like they hurt my heart. It feels like that in the moment. Um, and it's okay, that my brain can be an asshole, but that doesn't make me an asshole, right? Like, it doesn't make me a bad person because I'm thinking bad thoughts. 
Um, it's just, this is where awareness becomes so important. And I have learned and taken it upon myself to share with you what it means to be aware and then also get grounded and be intentional and make choices. Um, and that's what I want to keep talking about in this episode today. So as I've grown in my years and my experiences as a human, I'm in my 40s. So I don't know, lately I feel kind of old for a lot of reasons. Um, some related to the things that have happened in the past couple of weeks. But I feel kind of old, right? But one thing that I have learned um, about my fears is that actually my biggest fear, my biggest, most scariest fear is of not growing and not learning. So stagnation, stuckness, um, being trapped where I am and not growing and not learning and not expanding, that is my biggest fear. That's so scary to me. So I know that everything I'm thinking and feeling, the shame, the guilt, the regret, it's all in my control and I can choose it or I can choose it. I can choose to keep feeling all of those things if I want to. I can also choose to find new thoughts and beliefs that shift those feelings. If you are new to the podcast, I'm going to refer you back to episode 30. There's an episode called Self-Coaching After Abortion. Now, I recorded that episode a long time ago, so who knows? I haven't listened to it in a long time. Maybe there are things in that that I've changed my mind about. That would be tragic, right? It would be terrible. Maybe I said something that I don't mean anymore. But I'm going to refer you back to episode 30 because I think it was a pretty good episode. And it had, it talked about the ways that I choose and use, use self-coaching right because i've been co- because i now currently get coached so much have been through coach training um i'm able to use the tools of self coaching a lot and that episode was called self coaching after abortion and it teaches you ways that you can self coach after abortion now i highly recommend you hire a coach um at least for a little while so that you can like iron out some of the nitty gritty details around self-coaching so that you can get better at it. And my brain wants to say, my words want to say, make sure you're doing it right. (laughs) But there is no right, like there's no wrong way to do it. But at the same time, there are ways to do it that will be more effective. And so I do highly recommend you hire a coach. I work with most of my clients for a month. Some of them, we just are having so much fun that we keep coaching. But um, a lot of my clients just come for a month and learn amazing things. And then they send me messages for months to come about how they're applying. But I want to reference you back to episode 30 and the um again it's called self-coaching after abortion and it explains this 
something I learned from Brooke Castillo at the Life Coach School called the model. Now, the model isn't necessarily the concepts in it are not specific or unique to Brooke, but the way she teaches it as a formula is specific to her. And um, that is that we have a circumstance. That's just a fact in our life. So for many of us listening to this show, the fact might be I had an abortion, right? Or I had two abortions or I had five abortions. It's just like really clean, clear, factual information. That's called the circumstance. About the circumstances in our lives, um, we have thoughts. So we all have different thoughts from the circumstance abortion, right? All of us, my thoughts are different than yours or different than the next listener. Um, if we step away from abortion for a minute, right? Weather might be a of circumstance. It's raining. I know that personally, some days when it's raining, my thoughts are like, oh, yes, it's a perfect day to snuggle. And other days, my thoughts are like, I wish it was different. I wish it was sunny. (laughs) So um, circumstances create all different thoughts for all different people in all different ways. So we have a circumstance, it creates a thought for us. The thought is what creates our feelings. Our feelings don't really just happen to us. They come from our thoughts. Now, sometimes it feels like our feelings happen to us, but they're coming from like an unconscious thought sometimes. When, it, when it's like, no, I'm just feeling this. I don't know where it's coming from. I'm just feeling it. It's probably coming from an old deep-rooted belief or an old trauma maybe or a, you know, your, your feeling is coming from some kind of thought that your brain has about something. And so even though it may feel like it's not coming from a thought, it may be that it just needs a little uncovering and it's coming from more of an unconscious thought than a conscious thought. So our thoughts create our feelings, and from our feelings, we take action, right? If I feel um, defeated, I might hide. I might shrink. I might um, retreat. If I feel proud, I might, um, I might stand up straighter. I might look for the reasons that I'm a good person. I might, right... Some of the most common actions that I see in my clients, particularly in their more painful thoughts and feelings, are like beating myself up, ruminating about the past, um, repeating what-if questions, um, questioning my decision, blaming other people, right? These are all actions. They're all things we do or don't do from a feeling we have and we know that the actions in our life create our results so whatever results we have in our life come from some kind of action now some of you are arguing now and this is where the nuance of like working with a coach can be very helpful because do we create the results of um being abused or an earthquake or a whatever, right? That is a circumstance. When I say results, I mean like how do, 
what is what am I doing with the fact that there was an earthquake? I can't change the earthquake, but I can change my results around it. Um, I can change what I do with that circumstance. So when I say results, I mean results that um, are related to me and what I'm thinking, what I'm doing in the world. Um, okay, so because I am the kind of person who is determined to have full awareness of how my life is playing out. And because I'm choosing to share all of that with you, um, this is what gets us here. So you may, you may want to listen to this a couple of times and take notes, but, um, because I'm that kind of person who wants to have awareness and who wants to grow and who wants to change, did we aren't all that way, but I am that way. And so I want to know why I'm getting the results I'm getting. And I use the model to understand that. I also want to be able to intentionally curate new results. And so I use the model to do that. Now, in the case of my my experiences in the last couple of weeks that created shame, guilt, regret, um, defeat, disappointment. I can take those and I can use the model and I can use other co- coaching tools I have to understand what's happening in my life. I can, I can use self-coaching to do something with what has happened. Um, what I thought was particularly interesting about what's happened to me in the last couple of weeks and what I see in my clients a lot is this piece about regret, um, regret and shame in particular. What's most interesting about regret to me, I talk to a lot of my clients about their regrets and I give them permission to keep it if they want it, just like any other feeling. Um, it's, you get to decide, we get to decide what we feel, remember based on what we think. And so, um, we get to keep whatever we want, but regret in particular, I think a lot of people come to me wanting to change. They want to get rid of their regret. And I thought what happened to me in the last couple of weeks was an interesting example of how sometimes we might want to keep our regret. So um, I do teach them, I teach people that everything they learn about themselves in their abortion and in growing through and around their abortion will serve all parts of their life. And this is a great example, right? Like we learn about regret in an abortion and then what we learn we can apply to other parts of our life because like I told you, the things that have happened to me in the last couple of weeks are not abortion. They're not even related to abortion except that they're related to my abortion business, right? But because I worked through some regrets I had in my abortion, I was able to use that experience now, right? I remember one of the regrets, I, I never regretted my abortion. Um, just because I didn't doesn't mean I don't work with people who do, but I didn't, I never felt like I regret my abortion, but I did experience regret. I regretted not checking the strings on my IUD. 
I regretted certain pieces of the story. I regretted um, some people I told or the way that I told them. So I dealt with regret in regards to the experience for sure. Um, And I worked through and around it. And so now I had this evidence and this experience of what it was like to keep some regrets and not keep other regrets, right? Because I believe that regret is something that doesn't have to cause us harm. There are some feelings that some feelings and experiences that don't serve us in any way. And I don't think regret is one of them. So if we look at the definition of regret, it's like a feeling of sadness, disappointment, um, repentance even, over something that happened or has been done, right? So it's not necessarily, it's very different than shame, which I'm going to talk about in a few minutes, It doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. It's just like a thing. Um, I do regret, like I said, I regret some of the things that I've said and done in the last week. And I'm okay with that. I'm not on a mission to like not regret them. I actually don't want to let go of them. I don't want that regret to go away. If I could go back and change some things and do it differently... I would, but I can't. (laughs) And so I have an amazing opportunity to expand my being in the world, right? Like I do regret some things I've said and done, but I don't want to change my regret. Like if I just got rid of my regret, then maybe I wouldn't feel sad or disappointed. And I kind of want to feel sad about what's happened. Like It's not something I particularly want to get rid of right now. I want to keep that regret. And in this case, it doesn't impede my future. Like, it actually helps me grow to keep that regret. It doesn't make things worse. Um, So the way we know whether or not a regret is something to work on and let go of or because we can do that, right? Like I said, there are some things, some regrets I want to keep and other regrets I want to let go. And the same is true for my clients. Um, The way we know whether or not we might want to work on it or explore it to let go or use it to grow is where and how it lands in the model. So remember the model, the self-coaching model, the circumstance, thought, feeling, action, result. Now, regret might land in the sea line as a circumstance. And that would look like I have a regret, right? It's just a fact. Now, Brooke might argue with me on this one. Brooke being the person who taught me this model because it it can't be proven. It's not like we wouldn't all agree, but I'm choosing to put it in the circumstance line. Like I have a regret. It just exists. Now... My thought about it is what gets interesting. So I regret my decision could be my thought. And then I just feel kind of like aware and neutral. A thought, a different thought would be like, I shouldn't have done that. That kind of thought would create the feeling of regret. 
That's very different than the thought, I regret my decision. Because I regret my decision is going to feel different for me than it will for someone else. The feeling here is what really matters. Is the feeling creating actions that get us the results we want? I believe in the, like, I'll take the example, one of the examples from my past week, right? I regret something I said, but I don't feel regret. I like, if I think I shouldn't have said that, I shouldn't have done that, then I would feel regret. Now I'm just saying I regret my decision or I have a regret about something I said. What matters is how we feel about our regrets. And if the way we feel is holding us back, is keeping us stuck, is making us want to hide, is telling us we're not good enough, then we know it's something to work on. It's something to explore. Now for me, my regrets turn into growing opportunities in like in the case of the last couple of weeks. I took those regrets and I, they're not creating negative actions and results. They're actually creating growth. They're creating awareness. They're creating new desires, new wants, new interests. So again, the most important thing about, our, about all of this is how we feel and experience. It's about our awareness around what's happening to us. If a client comes to me and says, I want to get rid of my regret, I say, great, we can do that. I know exactly how to help you. And if they come to me and they say, I have some regrets and I want to keep, like, I want to keep it. I, I do believe I regret my decision and I want to live an empowered life. Like, can you help me live a joyful, happy, empowered life even though I have this regret? I say, let's go. Let's do it. It's all about awareness. It's all about intention and purpose. Um, Are we aware of how what we're choosing is leading to the results we're getting in our life? And do we like those results? Do we want to keep those results? Are we willing to let go? Are we willing to change anything? Um, Awareness, 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 awareness. (laughs) Um, Okay. I've been talking for a long time. I actually think my phone battery is going to die. So um, another thing I just wanted to say about all of this is that what I do want to let go of in my life in general, and particularly in the last couple of weeks, is shame. So shame is a painful feeling. It's a feeling of humiliation or distress that's like caused by wrong or foolish behavior. It's like... um, It's very different than regret in the way it feels in my body, the awareness of it. So shame is something I don't want to keep. I don't want to hold on to. It doesn't serve me. It doesn't help me grow. It actually holds me back. It keeps me afraid. Um, So shame is something like regret. It is a choice. And it doesn't serve a purpose for me. It is something I don't want to keep. When it comes up, I want to learn about it. I want to release it. I want to find a way to let go of it. 
So I want to keep choosing new thoughts that don't lead to shame. I want to have new awarenesses and beliefs that don't lead to shame. And I can use the model to to do that, to get there. Shame is not something I want to keep and bring with me. Like, I don't want to be like, hey, shame, let's do this thing together. Let's go live an awesome life. Now, regret, I can do that with. Regret, I can be like, "Mm, yeah, kind of wish I'd done that differently. And let's go. Let's grow. Let's learn. Let's expand. Let's live our best life. Shame doesn't really come along on that journey so well. Like shame and growth don't really go together. Now we can experience shame, work through it, let it go, and then grow. I think that, but it's not something we've really like, I personally take with me. I'm like, I'm just going to keep this shame because it feels like it's helping me become a better person. For me, that doesn't really work. Um, so coaching in general, it really just asks us to look deeply into our lives and especially into our minds. And it asks us to dissect everything so that we can build and rebuild intentionally Um, We can use any experience in our lives to enter a relationship with coaching and the tools of coaching. And whatever we learn affects all of our future experiences. So after letting go of my post-abortion shame, I now have evidence, confidence, and belief that shame is something I don't need to live with. And it doesn't help me grow. And I don't want to keep it. Um... There are a few more questions that I just wanted to drop here before I close this episode um, in regards to when we experience something we regret or we wish hadn't happened or we wish we could go back and change and do differently. Um, again, for most of, for many, many people, um, most most of the clients who come to me that that's on the list. Regret is on the list. Um, in the case of my last couple of weeks, I was using all of this as an example to say regret is just part of life. Like it can be a part of life that's not bad. But some more questions that I like to ask myself when something comes up that I regret are what actually happened here? Like am I over dramatizing? Drama- what's, I don't know what that word is. Am I being overly dramatic about what happened? Like, what really happened? What are the facts? Am I letting my brain run away with the story? Um, Just get really clear on what actually happened. I also like to ask, like, how do I want to grow? Like, I have an opportunity right now to grow. How do I want to do it? Who do I want to be? In this moment, exactly how it is, I can't go back and change anything. Who do I want to be? Who do I want to show up as? I like to ask, what do I want to turn this into? What do I want to make of this? What do I want to create from this? What do I want to turn it into? One thing I've turned this, my last couple experiences in the last two weeks is is this episode, right? I'm like, all right, well, I've learned some things and I think they relate to a lot of my clients' stories. So I'm going to share them on a podcast. (laughs) So... Um, What do I want to turn this into? Another one I like to ask myself is how can I have my own back? How can I have my own back? 
I could do a whole episode on that. (laughs) You've heard me talk about it lots of times on the podcast. How can I have my own back? How do I deserve my own love and compassion? Right? Like, I don't need to seek love and compassion from other people. I don't need to tell everyone about what happened and wait for their compassion to fall upon me. How do I deserve my own love and compassion? Where can I pull that from? And the last question I will leave you with on this podcast is, what's in everyone's highest good? When I ask that question, I step away from my own ego and fears and desires. um, And I allow myself to remember that we're all connected. What might not feel good to me may be in someone else's highest good, may be in the world's highest good. And um, that's a really important question to me. It helps me shift my perspective and recognize that what I want um, is not always in everyone's highest good. Even if what I want is to beat myself up or be mean to myself, right? Um, If what I want is to ignore something and pretend it didn't happen, it might not be in everyone's highest good. And asking the question in that way helps me um, get out of my own head and remember that this is all a big picture, right? We're all connected and this is all a big picture. So that is the final question I will leave you with. And next week we will return to a guest episode. Um, and please always reach out if you have thoughts, questions, moments you want to share. Uh, your messages of love and encouragement and appreciation keep me alive, right? They keep me going. They fuel everything I do. Um, for my audience, for this community. So I always welcome those. Um, I am willing to be, tell me all the things, right? If you don't like the way I did something, tell me and I will learn and I will grow and I will learn to um, decide if I want to regret it, if I want to feel shame about it, um, how I want to keep showing up for the highest good. So, um, yeah, if you uh, ever feel like you need more support, please book a call. The first call with me is free. It's when we explore and decide, do I have the tools to help you? Are you looking for what I can offer? Um, do I think we're a good fit? Do you think we're a good fit? So that first call is always free. And it's where we sort of just tease out, where are you? Where do you want to go? What do you want to turn everything into? Um, how do you want to show up? Because we're not meant to do this alone. You're not supposed to figure this out alone. We need each other. And um, I hope that we see more and more and more coaches and um, counselors out there saying, I can help you after your abortion. Judgment-free, totally unbiased space to just love each other and explore and understand and turn our lives into something beautiful that's all until next week thanks for listening and as always please consider sharing 
rating and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.